This is WQA Radio, a podcast from the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. And hello, I'm your host, Wes Bleed. EPA values the work done by the water treatment professionals, manufacturers, deliverers, and service providers of point of use and point of entry water treatment products. That's EPA Administrator Andrew Wheeler in remarks he gave to WQA members at the WQA Virtual Annual Meeting. And welcome to WQA Radio, news and insights about the water treatment industry. Find us at wqa.org, on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This is episode number 162, and if you're a first-time listener, glad you're here. If you've been listening for a while, do us a favor, leave a rating and review, and share a link with a colleague or friend. Also, hit that subscribe button so you never miss a show. The magic of podcasting. In this episode, we're going to hear from Administrator Wheeler in his message that he recorded for our virtual annual meeting. Administrator Wheeler talks about the importance of the water treatment industry during the COVID-19 crisis, and he highlights some of the other initiatives his office at the EPA is undertaking. Plus, I'll have our WQA tip, the Paycheck Protection Program. But first, our special appearance from EPA Administrator Andrew Wheeler on WQA Radio. Hello, I'm EPA Administrator Andrew Wheeler. I want to thank everyone at the Water Quality Association for your steadfast commitment to improving water quality across America and for your continuing your mission by hosting this virtual conference. These are difficult times, and while we don't know when our routines will resume, at EPA we know that protecting the environment and human health has never been more important. Under President Trump's leadership, EPA remains open for business during this time of national emergency. Our administration has taken swift action to reduce the spread of COVID-19, and together we are looking out for the health, safety, and security of all Americans across our great nation. I recently held a series of conference calls with disinfectant manufacturers to discuss EPA's emerging viral pathogens guidance for antimicrobial pesticides. We have expedited the review of submissions from companies requesting to add emerging viral pathogen claims to their already registered surface disinfectant labels. In many cases, we have been approving claims within 14 days as resources allow compared to the 90-day window these claims typically take. By allowing disinfectant manufacturers to update their labeling, we are helping American consumers know what products they can use to keep their families safe as we work to flatten the curve. We currently have more than 350 products on the market that are approved disinfectants to combat the coronavirus. On our website, we include important information to help consumers, including the product's active ingredient and the amount of time the surface should remain wet to be effective. Maintaining the health and safety of EPA's workforce while fulfilling our mission responsibilities is our top priority. 
we are paying close attention to guidance issued by the Office of Personnel Management, Center for Disease Control, Office of Management and Budget, and other federal agencies, as well as recommendations made by state and local public health agencies. This is an ever-evolving situation, and we will continue to communicate rapidly when new information becomes available. We have also taken action in regions where local health authorities have implemented social distancing policies, and we have announced that all employees who are eligible and able to telework should telework. EPA is focused on continuing our regulatory work as usual. As regulations.gov is fully functioning, there is no barrier to the public providing comment during the established periods. I am confident that we will continue to deliver the same quality of work in a timely manner for the American public. EPA is also providing important information about COVID-19 as it relates to drinking water and wastewater to provide clarity to the public. The COVID-19 virus has not been detected in drinking water supplies. Last week, I also held virtual meetings with members of the water sector community across the country, thanking them for their continued hard work and assuring them that EPA stands ready to support them. Based on current evidence, the risk to water supplies is low, so Americans can continue to use and drink water from their tap as usual. We have also established regulations with treatment requirements for public water systems that prevent waterborne pathogens, such as viruses, from contaminating drinking water and wastewater. Coronavirus, which causes COVID-19, is a type of virus that is particularly susceptible to disinfection and standard treatment and disinfectant processes are expected to be effective. EPA is taking the necessary steps to ensure that decisions about ongoing cleanup activities at Superfund sites are made with the health and safety of communities, EPA staff, state and tribal partners, and contractors as the priority. Decisions about continuing on-site activities are being made on a case-by-case -case basis. Our regional offices are working closely with their local, state, and tribal partners to evaluate options for either continuing site work or securing sites, especially in areas where local health declarations are in effect due to COVID-19. However, it's important to know that EPA maintains its ability to respond to environmental emergencies at Superfund sites, as well as any situation where we are called upon to protect human health and the environment by responding to releases of chemical, oil, radiological, biological, and other hazardous materials. Last week, we announced guidance regarding enforcement during the COVID-19 outbreak. We're mindful of the health and safety of the public, as well as our staff and those of federal agencies, state and local governments, tribes, regulated entities, contractors, and non-governmental organizations during the COVID-19 pandemic. The agency is taking these important considerations into account as we all continue our work to protect human health and the environment. Our temporary enforcement discretion policy applies to civil violations during the COVID-19 outbreak and addresses different categories of non-compliance differently. 
For example, under the policy, EPA does not expect to seek penalties for noncompliance with routine monitoring and reporting obligations that are the result of the COVID-19 pandemic. However, we do expect operators of public water systems to continue to ensure the safety of our drinking water supplies. The policy also describes the steps that a regulated facility should take to qualify for enforcement discretion. I encourage you to visit our website or contact EPA's Office of Enforcement and Compliance if you have any questions. Now I'd like to shift away from COVID-19 and talk about the progress we've made towards the goals outlined in our PFAS Action Plan, which I announced last year. I know this is something that you all follow very closely in municipalities across the country. As you know, this action plan represents a pivotal moment in the history of the agency and a pivotal moment for public health and environmental protection. This is the most comprehensive cross-agency action plan for a chemical of concern ever undertaken by the agency. The PFAS action plan commits EPA to take important steps that will improve how we research, monitor, detect, and address PFAS. Let me share a few of our most recent accomplishments. We recently announced the addition of PFAS chemicals to the Toxics Release Inventory, which will provide us with even more data on where PFAS are found in the environment. We've also expanded our research efforts and the scientific foundation for addressing PFAS by developing new analytical methods and tools. Last year, I signed a memorandum calling for the agency to prioritize new federal research that will help identify potential impacts of PFAS to farms, ranches, and rural communities. We subsequently announced the availability of $4.8 million in funding to expand research on managing PFAS in rural America and the agricultural sector. This funding is part of EPA's extensive efforts to help communities address the larger issue of PFAS nationwide. It also follows through on our commitment under the PFAS Action Plan and the memo to close the gaps in the science around PFAS as quickly as possible by supporting cutting-edge research that will help manage PFAS issues in agricultural and rural economies. We want to make sure that decision makers at the federal, state, and local levels have the best science available to make informed decisions. The agency is also moving forward with the drinking water standard setting process outlined in the Safe Drinking Water Act for PFOA and PFAS. On March 10th, our regulatory determination for certain PFAS chemicals posted to the Federal Register with a 60-day comment period. This is the next step outlined in the Safe Drinking Water Act process. The agency is also gathering and evaluating information to determine if regulation is appropriate for other chemicals in the PFAS family. We are also working to finalize the set of recommendations for cleaning up groundwater contaminated with PFOA and PFAS. This would provide additional tools to help states and communities address existing contamination and recover costs from responsible parties. We are also taking care of our nation's water systems with our proposal for the first major overhaul of the lead and copper rule since 1991, which we announced in October. 
With this proposal, we are advancing the Trump administration's federal action plan to reduce childhood-led exposure, and we are delivering on President Trump's commitment to ensure that all Americans have access to clean and safe drinking water. We know a lot more now than we did in the 90s about the impact of lead in drinking water, especially on children. That is why our proposal takes a proactive and holistic approach from testing to treatment to communicating clearly with the public about the levels and risks of lead in drinking water. When finalized, this proposal would achieve three important goals. First, it would require more water systems to act faster to reduce lead levels. Second, it would improve transparency and communication with the public. And third, it would better protect children and the most at-risk communities. Our proposal includes a suite of new actions to identify and address the most impacted areas to ensure that service lines are replaced in the most at-risk communities. This includes identifying the areas most impacted, strengthening treatment requirements, replacing lead service lines, increasing sampling reliability, improving risk communication, and protecting children by requiring testing in schools and childcare facilities. We are also working with states to help facilitate the adoption of water reuse and support improved water resiliency, sustainability, and security. We recognize that reusing water for beneficial purposes, instead of treating it as waste, is an underutilized tool for meeting the needs of the people in our country. Forty of our states anticipate some freshwater shortages within the next decade, and all levels of government have a responsibility to ensure that Americans have access to reliable sources of clean and safe water. To meet this challenge, we launched the Trump administration's National Water Reuse Action Plan. The first initiative of this magnitude coordinated across our water sector to accelerate water recycling. As many of you know, this year EPA celebrates its 50th anniversary. Since 1970, our agency has contributed billions of dollars to help communities across our nation address their drinking water and wastewater needs. And yet water scarcity is a real threat to our way of life in many communities across America. When we look at places like Cape Town, South Africa, where day zero looms, we quickly realize that it's possible for a major city to completely run dry. Their infrastructure is, quite simply, buckling under the weight of demand. Many places in California experience similar water restrictions to that of Cape Town. If we wait for day zero in America to modernize our water infrastructure or seek alternatives, it will be too late. Under President Trump, our nation is looking towards innovative solutions to tackle ongoing water issues. An estimated $700 billion are needed to modernize U.S. water infrastructure over the next 20 years. EPA oversees the implementation of the Water Infrastructure Finance and Innovation Act, or WIFIA, 
which established a federal loan program to accelerate investment in water infrastructure projects. In just three years, EPA has closed on 17 loans totaling over $3.7 billion to help improve water quality for more than 20 million Americans. Combined with other funding sources, these projects will help finance over $8.4 billion for water infrastructure projects and create over 16,000 jobs. Last year, we invited 38 new projects in 18 states to apply for WIFIA loans totaling $6 billion. These loans would help finance over $12 billion in water infrastructure investments and create up to 200,000 jobs. And we have seen even greater success when agencies collaborate on programs and initiatives such as EPA's Memorandum of Understanding with the Bureau of Reclamation to support our country's water reuse and recycling projects using our combined resources to make each federal dollar go further. In November, I had the distinct honor of speaking at the Water Technology and Environment Control Conference in Israel to discuss our priorities and progress in the U.S. I also had the opportunity to learn from our Israeli counterparts on the immense success that Israel has had with its own water systems. Israel is a world leader in water reuse, reclaiming approximately 87% of collected wastewater in 2015. In contrast, in the United States, we are reclaiming only 6%. Our National Reuse Action Plan will help our country take meaningful strides to make our country's water supplies more secure, resilient, and sustainable for future generations of Americans. Finally, EPA values the work done by the water treatment professionals, manufacturers, deliverers, and service providers of point-of-use and point-of-entry water treatment products. POU, POE treatment is vital in special situations, such as in hospitals and critical manufacturing sectors, and can also be an effective option to reduce risks from drinking water contaminants for homeowners with private wells. And, as you know, these products can also be a technically simpler treatment option for small water systems. EPA has a history of collaboration with the Water Quality Association and values the expertise and perspectives that the WQA brings to the table. On behalf of everyone here at EPA, I want to thank you for your dedication to ensuring that all Americans have access to clean, safe drinking water. We look forward to working with you all for many years to come. Thank you. Now our WQA tip, want to make sure you're aware of the government's Paycheck Protection Program, or PPP. The uh, Paycheck Protection Program authorizes nearly $350 billion in forgivable loans to small businesses to help pay their employees during the COVID-19 crisis. You can begin applying as early as April 3rd. The loan amounts will be forgiven as long as the loan proceeds are used to cover payroll costs and most mortgage interest, rent, and utility costs over the eight-week period after the loan is made. And employee and compensation levels are maintained, so those are important conditions. So head on over to wqa.org coronavirus for more information on the Paycheck Protection Program 
and all of the other coronavirus resources, such as our checklist for workers, government updates, and workplace guidance from the CDC. That's wqa.org slash coronavirus. Thanks for listening to WQA Radio, news and insights about residential, commercial, and industrial water treatment. Remember, you can subscribe to WQA Radio on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Just search for WQA Radio, then hit subscribe. Each new podcast will appear in your podcast catcher or podcast player automatically each week. That's the magic of podcasting. And be sure to rate and review the podcast as well. Learn more about water at WQA.org and learn more about WQA product certification, professional certification, and how you can become a member at WQA.org. This is Wes Bleed. So long from WQA Radio. WQA Radio.